This is Nolan T. Jones from Roll20, and you're listening to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. This week, Morris and Peter are joined by Mike Shea to talk about the Lazy DM's Companion. In the news, Pathfinder Nexus Digital Tools have launched, the Discworld RPG gets a new physical release, huge Kickstarters from Munch Cook Games and from Tracy and Laura Hickman, an update on the Level Up Advanced 5e stretch goals, and more, plus our favorite game in all the world and a brand new sketch about rather questionable vacation destinations. This week on Morse's Unofficial Tabletop RPG Talk. The podcast this week is sponsored by Second Century Fox, creators of the world's most entertaining and dramatic illusions. From comic tales of poor people being oppressed by the elite to dramatic fables about poor people being oppressed by the uh, elite to sweeping sagas about poor people being oppressed by... Look, can't they oppress someone other than just the poor people? I'm an equal opportunities oppressor. I've oppressed along with the best of them. Now, where's that screenplay I wrote? All the tabletop roleplay news. We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse. And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG. Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am Russ, aka Morris, or Morris, aka Russ, and with me this week is Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers. Russ, as ever, it is a delight to be here. Of course, it is, and you know yes. why it's such a delight to be here this week. Well, obviously, the chance to talk about RPG news for at least an hour and a half, if not more, is amazing. But what makes it even more amazing is our special guest today. Hmm. Mike Shea, who most people probably know as uh, Sly Flourish online or the author of various DM help books, the Lazy DM Guide series, yes. is here to, well, I was going to say promote his latest Kickstarter, but his Kickstarter literally yesterday. I mean, to be fair, it didn't really need a lot of promoting. It, it sort of smashed its goals and it was like, oh, we could do stress, yeah. but we'll smash uh, those as well. So it's been uh, fantastic. Uh, everything helps. But yeah, you, yeah, you, can, yeah. you, can, you can still make late pledges, though, so, yes. you know, late still pledges. definitely worth listening and definitely yeah, still yes. worth checking out. Once you, as soon as you finish the book, head on over and make a late pledge. So, Mike, yeah. hi, how are you? Hello, I'm very well. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Love the show. It's, it's great. That you've been on once before. I have, yeah. And uh, <laughs> somehow we managed to persuade you to come back. Yeah. I don't know how we and did you that. allowed me to come back, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible short-term memory. It's the only possible explanation. Okay, let's go, yeah. <laughs> Well, welcome uh, back, anyhow. Yes. Thank you very much. Fantastic, yeah. Um, so before we dive into um, the Lazy DM's Companion, shall we Ooh. quickly do some RPG news? Oh, that's really cool. Indeed. We could yep. do. Yeah. Okay. okay, then. So, this piece of news that really caught my eye this week was, did you guys see the Pathfinder Nexus announcement? I did. Yesterday, or the yep. day before. Ooh. Yep, yep. Is this about the Pathfinder online tools sort of thing? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. They're, they're, so, I, I hear it. I hear it compared mm-hmm. to their version of D and D Beyond. Well, you see, the lead developer mm-hmm. on it mm-hmm. is Adam Bradford. Yeah, one of the founders of D and D Beyond. Right. And he, along with a number of other people, left D and D Beyond. I think it was like last year, wasn't it, or earlier this year? There's about four of them left at the same time. Yep. Right. I'm not. I'm not sure. What, yep. Todd and yeah. yep. A few yeah, others. I'm not sure what caused that, but for, so we've got a, he's now working on a new in a new company called Demiplane. Ooh. And yeah. Demiplane's first major 
project is basically the D&D Beyond for Pathfinder 2nd Edition, I think. Ooh. That's basically what it is. As well, I, I don't uh, know. I mean, like nothing, uh, nothing is know. a nothing is a pure comparator, right? Like, yeah, yeah. there's little tiny differences. There's there's a few interesting differences. Like Pathfinder releases all of their stuff in PDF, and yes. Wizards that, of the Coast does not. So, like, that, that right there is a, a major difference, and and yeah, that, that yeah, could yeah. affect how popular it is. It could affect all kinds of things. Ooh, yeah, because yeah. it's certainly interesting to see it because. Um, and you've got the complete text of the Pathfinder rules online already. Well, no, but one thing I found when I was, when we were playing Pathfinder 2 earlier this year, or was it this year, whenever we were playing it anyway, yeah. um, was the, the digital character building path builder? Path builder? Oh, yes, yes, that's right. Um, yeah, it doesn't I had to have like, my on my phone. Yeah, it doesn't like, work on any of my devices because it's Android only, so I couldn't use any of them. <laughs> so this will be the first one I can actually use. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't smart enough to make my own character. It was pretty humbling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but you know, I mean, D and D Beyond has a a real polish to it, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's a smooth, it's 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 a smooth, attractive looking. It's you know, it's almost a monopoly in good design. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Okay, so yeah, I'm interested to see that brought to Pathfinder. (laughs) And from what I can make out, they do have plans to do more than Pathfinder as well. They might be moving on to other game systems as well, and if. Multiple game Ooh. systems can have a D and D Beyond level Ooh. of polish in their online tools. I think that would be pretty but, awesome for the like, yeah. for, for, for like the entire industry. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully they have learned from the the license agreement that they had with Wizards of the Coast on the D and D Beyond side too. So it's a little mm. a little less fragile, right? Like yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, yeah. I mean, um, I, I, I assume for no, no, I don't assume. Um, the reason the reasons they left was. Sometime around the same time, did fandom buy them or something they, like it that? It was after or, fandom bought or, them. It was a few months right. after fandom after fandom bought them. Yeah, so I don't know if it was. Yeah, so my, my assumption was that the two things were connected. I don't know if that's true or not. Could be. Who knows? <laughs> well, you know, uh, change management is always a good time to reevaluate your position within the company. Yeah, yeah. And who knows? It might have been talked with Pathfinder and Paizo already. So, yeah, hey. yeah, yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Right. There's Ooh, also sorry, it's, right. it's oh, a different okay. world when you are building something new. And you are maintaining oh, something yeah. that has been around for a while and yeah. different personality oh, yeah, yeah. types enjoy yeah. and yeah. work well in those environments too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 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 Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, and as I said, I'm just full of assumptions here and absolutely no knowledge <laughs> whatsoever. So who, who knows? Well, well has to hang Jackson says. Yeah. Make an assumption, make an ass out of your assumption. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, Discworld. Uh, Let's talk about Discworld. Oh, are yes, we Discworld fans here? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not maybe the biggest fan of this world. Like, I don't know all the details and like all of the lore, but I've read all the books. Mm. Like. This yeah, is this is Larry Niven's Larry Niven stuff. No, uh, no, it's the Ring World. No, I'm yeah. thinking Ring World. Whoops. We're, we're talking Terry yes. Pratchett. Here. Terry Pratchett. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. A bit of Ring World, bit of Larry Niven. Yep, yeah, yeah. Um, yep, yep. But what is a giant? Too many, too many non-spherical worlds for me to keep track of. Discs and rings and whatnot. Flatland either. Which is like something completely different. But yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you got like a what's it? A giant turtle, eight wings, yep. uh, swimming away through space. Four big elephants standing on the back of him, and this world is somehow rotating on the top of it with like a big spiral mountain. There's like a little sun, just like doing like a yeah. But that's not the fantasy element. That's how the real world works, isn't it? Pretty much, yeah, sure, might as well. Yeah, yeah. sure. Is. <laughs> yeah, that's what the internet says. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, the uh, the news here is that this world is back as a tabletop RPG. Exciting. Four, guess the system. Ooh, guts. 
GURPS 4th edition. <laughs> is it really? Yes. Wow. Huh. Is it? So, this is originally released. It's actually- <laughs> Sorry, I, that was just like a complete guess, maybe not even completely serious. <laughs> well, the reason- the, it, was, it was a good guess because previously it has been released for GURPS before. Yeah, I think I, Sorry, think I let's, did know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, okay. it was originally in 1998, there was the GURPS Discworld- Yeah, GURPS, GURPS Discworld supplement, and it was co-written mm. by Terry Pratchett. Mm. Um, so, he was actually involved in the original- 98 version of this. Yep. This is a new edition, Ooh. updated by Phil Masters, and it includes yep. setting information from all the Discworld books published since 1998, yeah. which is about 5 million Discworld books, I think, <laughs> isn't it? It's not quite that many, but yeah, a good 10, 15, I'd say, yeah. just shooting from the hip. Do we, do yeah. we know that, do we know if Terry Pratchett was a, was into role-playing games when or before he was writing those books? Because they, I remember I read them recently and yeah. there were lots of aspects to them. They're like, this, this, you this reads like, like somebody who's making fun like, of Vancey yeah. and spellcasting, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, well, when he originally started off back in the 80s, he was actually making fun of fantasy and spellcasting and all the very, very serious doorstop novels that were being produced. Right. But in the belief that uh, Conan the Barbarian and Lord of the Rings were the absolute heights that fantasy literature could expand <laughs> aspire to so yeah and uh, then he got all literary and yeah it's like i, I don't know it's really i do feel good. i do feel like a lot of the discourse stuff is a parody of D tropes it really, but I guess it really D- read that way when i was reading yeah, it, yeah. but then again it's yeah. a lot of D tropes come from literature in the first place I yeah guess. yeah right that's so it's hard to hard maybe to draw it's just the, a hard to draw the, source the, type the cause and the effect yeah yeah i mean dms are people who are reading books they quite possibly are reading Discworld books. You're going to get like a certain amount of feedback loop going on. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, well. Anyway, anyway, it's back. You can get it from Drive Through RPG. You can get it in print on demand, soft cover, or PDF from Drive Through RPG. I haven't actually read it myself, but I'm going to yes. buy it because I, I like Discworld. So uh, I can't. I can't. No, I don't think. That seems like a reasonable reason to do it. Yeah. 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 Huh. yeah. I'm All just right. thinking. Sorry. Could I be running Discworld? Interesting. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I've never run GURPS before. What could go wrong? Nothing. <laughs> Not much, yeah. <laughs> I feel, I feel, like, well, I feel like Discworld is kind of mainly just a setting in the jokes, though, isn't it? I don't think it really matters what system is. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I can do setting in jokes. Like, you know, I love a terrible poon as much as the next one, next person. <laughs> Possibly more if the next person's for us. <laughs> mm. Uh, uh, um, yeah. We have more news. We have a couple of Kickstarters to talk about, which I won't put in the game because I think you'll both so know what they are because they're quite okay. big ones. So one is Monty Cook Games' yeah. uh, Path of the Planebreaker yeah. this week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, of course, it's done incredibly well because it's Monty Cook Games' Path of the Planebreaker. Why wouldn't it do really well? I, I think we did actually cover this on the podcast as well when it was like yeah. Out, so. yeah. Well, yeah. it's this big news, I think. It's. Um, Modern yeah. games, when they do a Kickstarter, they do two a year, I think it is, and they always, mm-hmm. they, they know what they're doing. Oh man, mm-hmm. yeah. And they're, they're, they're gifts that keep on giving. Like I, I yeah. tend to, mm-hmm. I, they're, they're, they're one of the few Kickstarters I back physical versions of, and I just get new products at my door like every three weeks. Yeah. And wow. my house is slowly getting filled up with all the MCG books. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Monty Cook Museum. Or yeah. Not. Yeah. But they're yeah. just outstanding, outstanding stuff. Yeah. I really love it. Yeah. I can't wait. Can't wait for this one. So for those who didn't hear last week, so basically this is basically about a moon, which is crashing through various different planes of existence. And I think it's basically that's the plot device, which enables them to introduce a whole bunch of, sort of alternate realities and planes. 
different worlds and things like that. So it's kind of, it's not Planescape at all, but it is plane based. Yeah. I can't believe it's not Planescape. Absolutely. I can't believe it's not Planescape. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I like to think that the moon is very embarrassed about the whole thing. It's like, oh, sorry, oh, sorry, oh, sorry, crack, yeah. sorry, sorry, as it goes along. I mean, certainly that's how I do it. But the that. important question that everybody wants to know is what sort of cheese is the moon? Mm. Ooh. That's a good question. Back to the Kickstarter to find out. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a sucker for big alien evil moons. I don't know why, but ever since like the Elder Evils book from third edition and everything like Ooh. that, like giant evil moons are just a cool. I don't know. Wow. I really that's, dig them. That's, that's a moon. no that's moon. Evil. That's a space station. Yeah, just evil moons. You know, I have a, I have an evil I have an evil moon in a book I wrote. You know, in a, a book of adventures that nice. I wrote, and I don't know. Yeah. I just I love that concept. It's like they're so alien and they're so weird. <laughs> You like know. a bad guy from the fifth element or something. Really yeah, right. Thing. Like and and yeah, yeah like Unicrom, like- Unicrom from Transformers. Right. Yeah, but he was moon sized, right? He was about the size oh, okay. of a big moon. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So the other Kickstarter I wanted to mention was the one from Laura and Tracy Hickman. Yep. Oh yes, yeah, Which is called Sky Raiders of Abrax. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I've been on Facebook in the past week, so I am aware of it. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they're, they're, they're known for Ravenloft and Dragonlance. Yep. And they've got Joe Mangani. I can never say his name. I always mangle his name. Which, Magana, Joe Maganello. I'm sure he'll never hear this podcast, so uh, I'm yeah. safe. But uh, Joe Man- Manganello is the creative consultant on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he's, um, he's a fan of theirs. He's, he's a, a huge Dragonlance fan, fan, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. And he had a Dragonlance script at one didn't he I wonder what happened to that I remember he was tweeting the first page of it on on Twitter obviously because that's where you tweet from Um, he was tweeting the first page of it Um, this is like three years ago or something like that I haven't heard anything since so I guess it never probably development hell yeah maybe the Dungeons and Dragons movie is a big success and there is room for cautious optimism I feel so I go what I want is a TV series Big old expensive mm. HBO mm-hmm. Dragonlance TV series. That's what I want. I would be good with more cartoons. You know, like mm. Mm. it's such a. It, it's seen. I mean, yes. what do I know? I know. You know. I know. Uh, I know lots of things like, about how to Russ make doesn't movies. Watch animated stuff. Man, so, like there is like a the, whole vast the, this, this the Castlevania. The Castlevania like series on Netflix oh. is amazingly good. Well, Way I better than you would think a Castlevania series would be. I famously can't see things in 2D, unfortunately, so that doesn't work for me. Yeah, yeah. That's what interesting. Is, uh, <laughs> how we watch the TV, we don't know. We, we think it's a sort of psychological issue. Maybe the placebo effect. So, anyway. Or read anyway, books. Anyway. Right. <laughs> Sky Raiders of Everett. Should we get back, we get back on topic before, before this conversation goes... <laughs> <laughs> it becomes actual personal abuse of you. That's yes. probably, that's probably uh, yeah, Sky Ages of Avarax. Um yes. So, what's interesting about this is there's a augmented reality element, mm-hmm. which I'm not 100 percent sure how it works. But the impression mm-hmm. I get is that the books contain mm-hmm. um, maybe like QR codes. They're called QR codes. Yeah, yeah, QR sure. codes or like something like things, things like a barcode, but not something like that. And mm-hmm. that you can scan them and you can get information, and that information can mm-hmm. be updated. Oh. At their end, Ooh. making it kind of living setting. Oh, okay. I think. So I'm not 100% yeah. sure. A that, living tome, they call it. Sorry. Yeah, here we go. The living yeah. tome. I mean, I'm not sure if I would class that 100% has augmented reality. Augmented reality for me would be something like Pokemon Go, which for those of you who didn't play it, is basically you'd like get your phone camera and you'd be wandering around uh, looking at Pokemon on a map. 
and then you like try and catch them and you'd be looking for your phone camera and you can see the Pokemon that was like superimposed on like the back of, of the street or something. They'd be flipping Pokeballs at it. That would be augmented reality. Just hearing about that is painful. Let alone do it. <laughs> yeah, sort of overlaying <laughs> virtual 3D objects in a physical world using your phone. Um, there, I think there's there's somebody that's doing walking it with, around like, the streets holding your phone like this is what I'm imagining at the moment, which I, doesn't sound healthy at all. To me. Yeah, I, I, you, you only did when you got near like an actual Pokemon, but yeah, no. it, was, it was quite different. It's pretty. Me. It's pretty interesting. It's it's a good question how gitchy it is. Yeah. Um, the mm. good news is there's a physical book here too. So in yeah, five years yeah, when yeah, the app stops yeah. working, it's not yeah. like your book goes away. Yeah. Oh, exactly. yeah. So oh, this is okay. this is five five compatible. Yeah, so it's okay. so, 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 um, so we've got Larry Elmore on board as well, Joe Manganiello, um, mm-hmm. we got uh, Laura and Tracy, you know, a whole bunch of, whole bunch of pedigree, there's a lot of pedigree going on. So the Living Tone system, I'm just called this up. So it's a downloadable application. Mm-hmm. You can scan images and codes in the manuals, maps, yep. dice, mat, and more. You get contextual lore, trigger events, yeah. and quests. Um, the online connected app allows each player to have different insights into an event. Mm-hmm. You can fly the ship, pick locks, and more via cooperative mobile mini games. Mm-hmm. And it adds a cinematic soundtrack and environmental ambiance. Ooh. Okay. So, so you can make your phone play music. It's on the book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. No, I think I'm with you. I, I'm not sure I would call that AR. I'm not, I'm not, well, I don't think they have themselves on the Kickstarter page either. No. I think that's just how it's being talked about online. But um, yeah, it's electronic augmentation. Isn't it? Yeah, digi- digitally yeah, integrated. Digital, auto- yeah, digital Ooh. augmentation. Interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah. But um, Tracy Hickman, I think, has got something to do with some company that does a lot of virtual reality stuff. Okay. Um, virtual reality, you know, where you go to like a warehouse and it's all set Ooh. up, so you can move about, and they've got oh, they've yes. got objects placed where you would be able to see them in the virtual yeah, reality. They had like a, something like with a stormtroops experience in. Um, Westerns in London. Yeah. So basically go I, think along. He, I think he did a Ghostbusters related one. Or am I? Yeah. I, I might be one. misremembering that entirely, but. Well, I, think- I mean, yeah, seems all. I'm having mean, I mean, a virtual reality roller coaster. Can't say I 100% recommended that. Mm. <laughs> that's essentially where I was on a roller coaster. Yeah. And I had a VR headset on. Right. And the cover part of it was they actually also had a different roller coaster that was also running like on the same tracks. Right. Um, at a similar time. But obviously, you had no idea about the other bit. But when I was keeping up with the other one, I was like, hey, wait a minute, all those people are wearing VR headsets as they zoomed past. So that was quite cool. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, the interesting thing about these two Kickstarters. Yes. Both of them are three-week Kickstarters. Both the Monty Cook one oh. and the Tracy and Nora Hickman one. Right. And I've noticed Monty Cook Games do a few three-week Kickstarters in the last year or two. Huh. So I wonder, I don't know what the reasoning is behind that or whether that works better for them or... Yeah, I well, can't maybe imagine. Doing, maybe, maybe just didn't like the stress of the two-week middle period. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. No. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it might literally just be that middle period. You know, might as well cut it out. I mean, maybe. I don't know why you would. That's a choice. <laughs> that's a choice. <laughs> I mean, just gone yeah. through it, you know. I can yeah. I can tell you, and, and Russ, you're in the middle of it, right? Like, yeah, yeah. The middle, the middle period is not as stressful as the ends. So, uh, yeah. I, think, I think it depends on how well you're doing in the middle period. As long as you're getting a consistent oh. trickle. It's yeah. fine. I have, on occasion, and this hasn't happened often, had yeah. a couple of days on Kickstarters, not on this one, thank goodness, where yeah. I've lost money rather than made money. How do you? Oh, 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 and, oh, that, oh, and that's oh, quite rare. How do you lose oh, money? Like, 
Oh no, he means like uh, the pledges. The pledges. Oh, the pledges drop. Oh yeah. wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I've been lucky that uh, that's not happened to me. That's not. That <laughs> that's is not a bad day. Yeah, that's yeah. a bad. Day. I mean, you know, and that that I think will only happen when you're doing quite a small Kickstarter where the where the daily amounts are low enough that the fluctuation can exceed sure. the actual amounts. So only yeah. on a larger Kickstarter that will probably never happen. I think. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so six day on the Kickstarter. So we might as well very quickly cover level up then, because this is going to be the last week that we can. Yes, true. Because next week it will be ending yeah. as we record the podcast, and by the time the podcast goes out, it will be over. Yeah, it will. Yeah, exciting. So we're in the last week, the last seven days, Ooh. which is quite exciting, and we have unlocked stretch goals. We have unlocked the digital tool suite. Yeah. We have unlocked the character builder. Yeah. We have not unlocked playable vampires. We have mm-hmm. unlocked playable revenants. I'm doing this all off the top of my head. I'm like, without, yeah, yeah I've got to go look it up. But yeah, playable, oh, playable yeah. revenants. Uh, what else yeah. have we unlocked? Um, you said vampires already. Yeah. Uh, uh, GM screen. Like, the GM screen, of course. That's, of course, yeah. the GM screen. That was a big, that was a big one, wasn't it? The no, GM I, screen. Uh, uh, oh, that's got to be good. Lycanthropes. And we're coming up on the Artificer. Yeah. Which I I'm, I'm desperately tomorrow. scrolling down the page, trying to get to the bit with the stretch balls on. Like, well, I ran how, into how much did you write for? So I ran into a problem with this Kickstarter. I tried to change yeah. something and update it the other day, and I got this error yeah. message saying you've used too many characters. <laughs> wow! <laughs> in the description. <laughs> yeah. Wow! I didn't know there was a limit. Well, I didn't either. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, so we've got five hundred thousand pounds for the Artificer yeah. in the Gate Pass Gazette. Yeah, so we've got the Artificer, and then we got. I, I reckon we'll do that easy. We'll do that tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we got um, what's also the Artificer? Oh, uh, Jabberwocky at five. The Jabberwock at five fifty, and then we got the Construct at yes, in six hundred thousand. Maybe on six hundred thousand. Yeah, maybe. Oh, I think it goes we'll, absolutely bananas. We'll squeeze that yeah. one in. Yeah. That's oh, right, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, last chance to back level up because by the time you hear next week's podcast, it'll all be over. It's too late. It's too late. <laughs> too late. Yeah. All right. Yes. Right. News. More news. Let's have a look. Yes. There must be more news. Yeah. There must be. I am scrolling and yeah. scrolling and scrolling. A little note here about publishers being hit by paper shortages and print Oh yeah. Being- don't, I don't want to oh, talk about yeah. that. I mean, obviously that's an ongoing <laughs> thing. We, yeah. <laughs> So, Please. maybe we should probably skip over that. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, uh, it just gives report. me heart palpitations. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the report yeah. I'm hearing here is it's actually from um, Image Comics, it's affecting. Mm. So it's not really RPGs, but I mean, printing's printing. I've, I've, heard, I've, heard, print, I've heard paper shortages across all of Europe. Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 but Twitter is like, oh, okay, so my, my book was delayed. You should last year. Don't worry, it'll be fine this year, they said. Oh, oh, and now my first book is going to come across this paper shortage thing. Mm. Uh, sounds of awful hyperventilating. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, oh. It, you're doing an offset print, print run with your one this time, aren't you? Mike? I am. It's the first time. I decided, I decided that, yeah. to pick the best time to get into <laughs> offset printing for the first time. Yeah. What were we saying about that last week, actually? <laughs> well, what, what were we saying? Once you've done it this time, you'd have done yeah. the hardest one you've ever done. 
Yeah, that's my hope. <laughs> and like, and the, infusion, you know, get the, a twelve get the, by fire and all that. Right, Jump get, in get, the, get the process, get the process yeah. worked out. Yeah, and then, where, and then it's you, smooth sailing from here on out. That's where, the where, where are you printing in the US? Uh, I'm, well, so I'm I, I'm talking to two different printers: one in North right. America, Ooh. one one in Canada, and one in uh, one in Europe, and one in right, the EU. Right. So yeah, and I don't know how that's going to work out. Like yeah, you've uh, you decided to not try China. That's a good choice. I, I tried. Yeah, I decided not to try China. Yeah, I think with the shipping problems, I thought, problems I thought in China, you get get them as close as I can to the people that are going to have it. You know, with a yeah, reasonable right. price. Yeah, we'll see. Scrolling right. yeah. for news. Yeah. I think yeah, we might be near the end of the news. Uh, Matt Forbeck's shotguns and sorcery also hit Kickstarter this week. Yep. Ooh, and he's going to be on the show next week or week after. Is it next week? Yeah, Very next soon, week. anyway. Yeah, yeah. Very soon. Anyway, um, so this is going to be a fifth edition version of Shotguns and Sorcery, I believe. Hmm. Which is a kind of like a fantasy noir kind of setting. Hmm. There's been a cipher system version, I think, and I think there's been a Pathfinder version before. I'm just kind of running this off the top of my head. Hmm. Um, and uh, it's also been in like novels and comics because Matt Forbeck is a, a writer and a man, a man who wears many hats. So. And uh, also um, has lost the Diana Jones Awards somehow, which awkward. <laughs> yeah, no, that hasn't. I don't think that's shown up, has it? The missing Diana Jones Award. Have you heard anything? Oh no, I've not seen anything. I guess I mean, to be fair, I, I heard that it was missing on this podcast. So yeah. yeah, well, I guess I have to make yeah. a new one. We'll ask him when when he comes on. We'll ask him what they're doing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so this new edition of um, Shotguns and Sorceries, two hundred fifty-six page hardcover book, five um, E powered. Um, it describes Ooh. Dragon City, 16 playable races, a new class, character backgrounds, monsters, all the stuff you'd expect in a setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, 60, $60 for the standard edition, 100 for the deluxe. I've, have you, have you seen the cover of it? It's gorgeous. Okay. Have you, have you seen it? If you have not, yeah, I'll, give you, I'll give you a quick link. Uh, I have seen it. Full wraparound cover. Does it have rhythms? That's, that's my question. I don't believe... That's yeah. your if, that's if, your make if, or break if, for a book. If, if, whether it has if, ribbons, <laughs> like it's a sign of quality. I, I I'm not saying yes. I'm not saying no. But <laughs> if you've got like a photo for it cover and ribbons, then you know mm. it is is much easier to convince me. To <laughs> does, at, that point, at that point, as far as Peter's concerned, it doesn't matter what words are in there, as long as it's got the ribbon. I should I, I should do a wraparound oh. cover sometime. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yeah, okay. they are they are very pretty. I do like a wraparound. We've got one on the Adventurers Guide for um, Level Up, and I quite like that one. Why is Santa on the cover of this book? But I, <laughs> I could tell I turned into a publisher because now when I look at a wraparound cover, I'm like, the nice thing is if it's misaligned slightly, it'll still look fine. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, like there's a dude wearing a Santa hat and Santa outfit. Huh? Okay, I'm sure that's. All perfectly explained within the text. Why shouldn't he wear a Santa hat and a Santa hat? Oh, I mean, are you, Santa? Sh- are you shaming him for his sartorial choices? Uh, I think... Oh, actually, I think he must be some sort of wizard because he's got a, like, a wand. I thought it was a torch at first. But yes, there's um, a bunch of people being swarmed by, I guess, zombies or some sort of undead. They don't look super well. And there's... Oh, there's five people there. Two, three with guns, one jewelry revolvers. One with a pair of swords, and in the middle is a young Santa. Why not? Fair enough. Yeah, I, just, I don't know. I, I personally like you got like a what if you got a red pointy hat, which is like sort of a soft one, and like a big white brim. I'd say that looks a bit like Santa. Maybe we should change the color a bit, or maybe it's just how it's come out on the internet. 
Okay. What are you? Are you well, this is awesome also, also a regular Peter Coffey art critic segment of the show. Like it's right there, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he's got he's got red robes with white trim. Okay. <laughs> and he's carrying a big bag as well. Oh, right. yeah. What? <laughs> well, I was going to get onto the biggest news of the week, which I totally forgotten to mention. Well, the biggest news of the week is the fact that Santa is confirmed. Oh, in oh and the, the second, the second biggest news of the week then. Of course, <laughs> the second is that Fizzbound's Treasury of Dragons came out. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. But we've, we've been talking about it so much recently, I totally forgot this was the week it actually came out. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I've been seeing it around. I thought it was already out, mate. So, well, yeah. Yeah, it came, lots, out, of, came out on Tuesday. Yeah, yeah lots of reviewers yeah. had copies and advanced copies and stuff. Yeah, That's why you've yeah. seen it about. But it, yes. it, it, it hits stores this week. The Book of Dragons, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I'm going to pick this one up. I haven't picked up a D&D book in a while now. Ooh. Mainly because Adventures, I've still got quite a lot of those hardcover adventures I haven't played yet. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to stop just collecting stuff. Yeah. Just for the sake of it. Van, Van Richten's Guide absolutely nailed it, mm. in my opinion. I, I loved, I see, loved I, Van Richten's Guide. See, I haven't got that, but that is one I will pick up because I'm a big, yeah. big Ravenloft fan. You're, 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 I, I, I think you'll enjoy it. I, 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 thought, I think it's one of the yeah. best books they've put out. Well, I'm um, probably going to be able to resist it until I actually see the book in a shop. And they'll do something stupid like Pitto. <laughs> and they'll be like, I must have it. I'm pretty sure you could do worse. The- yeah. As stupid things yeah, go, such time. buying a yeah. D&D book is pretty low on the list. Yeah. But yeah, I think, I think Fizzman, so I've, I've been looking at the D&D Beyond version of Fizzman's. Mm. I haven't picked it up at my, at my FLGS mm. yet. And mm. um, I like everything that I've seen so far. Mm. So I'm, I'm hoping that I like it as much as I like Van Richten's Guide. And I think that actually Wizards doing these kind of thematic source books that aren't necessarily published adventures but Ooh. but have like a good a, a good view into an entire like every time I look at it when I read it I'm like man I want to run a dragon campaign now right yeah you know yeah. That, that to me is a sign that like this book is doing well because it's firing <laughs> yeah. off my imagination to come up yeah. with things that I'll never have time to run but yeah. I can still think about damn it well dragons yeah. you can yeah you know, and dragon lore and dragon mechanics you can slot oh. into any game anyway. sure so but I want to do a dragon campaign like you know my own so dragon dragon playing dragons oh against dragons Ooh. both. Maybe, oh, yeah. yeah. I ran a one My shot that was two dragons fighting, and you oh, were yeah. you were in between two drag a, a war between two dragons, and it was great fun. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah. Anyway, Fizzbands Treasury of Dragons came out this week. Yes, I hear the dragons don't have frightful presence anymore. Do they? Have actually read it? <sighs> well, that, I, I, I saw, I saw a meme online. It's How like a standard thing where the guys like saying, "I think I've got something." If you've got that, wasn't important. The guys like, "Yeah, you're right." And there's poor frightful presence just like there. Hmm. Sad, left behind, abandoned. Hmm. Yeah. That I do not know. I will take the word. Okay. I'm merely report I mean obviously in the essence of perfectly good reporting, I am quoting an internet meme. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than actually anything I've looked at myself. To be, so. to be well, fair, I think that's pretty much how like half of journalism seems to work these days. <laughs> Yeah, frightful presence is always kind of an interesting feature because, oh. and I think even even Wizards of the Coast described this that the intention oh. was if you if you were at the proper level to be able to fight something like this, it had no oh. effect on you because you almost had you almost always had a way to deal with fear, and oh. if it did affect you, that meant you shouldn't be fighting this thing anyway. Right. Yeah. I I, um, I, I get. They that. might have changed their mind. I'm looking at the the Great Worm stat block, the chromatic Great Worm stat block, yeah. for example. I do get I that, but I, I also have this sense of sort of verisimilitude where I kind of feel like just because it's not affecting you doesn't mean it should still be it's not there, there. Yeah, because right. it could still affect like that army over there of first level fighters. Sure. 
you know. Question is, do you need a mechanic for that? <laughs> right? I mean, they just I described it. They're all afraid of this dragon. I guess. They don't need to roll saving throws. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Well, I, mean, well, I, I mean, a DC 18 wisdom saving throw, for example, that yeah. is really going to be very challenging for a fighter to make. Yeah. Because you're like, I think mean, maybe plus one. Yeah, I don't so, see it. I mean, you would think if, if any creature was going to have a fear effect, it would be a chromatic great worm, right? Most powerful ooh. of the chromatic dragons. And well, it doesn't, I would be it doesn't seem to have one. Yeah, okay. I'd be afraid too. Yeah. I mean, you know, eight legendary resistances a day. Who's not afraid of that? <laughs> uh, wow. That's a lot going on. Yeah. Anyway, I think we probably can either be think of any news I may have missed or should we move on? Uh, I think we pretty much covered it. I'm afraid I don't have anything this week. Okay. Uh, Mike, do you have any friends or colleagues who are doing cool stuff? Uh, yes, I, if, if I have uh, the opportunity, uh, a friend of mine, yes, Christian, Christian Zuck, is running a Kickstarter as well for Amazing Encounters in Places Volume 1. Ooh. Uh, Christian, Ooh. And I, Christian and I became friends probably about maybe a year ago. Uh, he's a, uh, known, known mostly for his cartography on the DMs Guild. He's done a lot of DMs Guild. Yeah. Uh, work and he yeah. uh, has branched out now outside of the DMs Guild to do projects on uh, Drive Through RPG and things like that. And this is his first Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. He's put a lot of energy, a lot of work to, into it. There's like a 40 page, I think it's like a 40 page sample <laughs> for the thing. Wow. So you can really, you nice. can get a, you can get a big hunk of this book. So how big, 46, how big is the book then? If the sample is 40 uh, pages, I, I, I don't know. I was, I was quickly what, scrolling through the Kickstarter. Also, sorry. sorry. It's, so it's called, um, the name of the Kickstarter is amazing encounters in places, volume one for five E. Uh, I will, I'll paste it here in the chat. What was your last one? The one you did last year? I, uh, so, uh, fantastic layers. Yeah. So I've, I've, yeah. I've kind of, you know, usurped the quote unquote fantastic brand. <laughs> uh, by with a, a book I did a long time ago called so Fantastic he's going, Locations. He's going for amazing. So he's going instead. for amazing, <laughs> yeah. right? And uh, I'm going yeah. to go with marvelous. I think <laughs> marvelous would be would be would be marvelous. Terrific. Yeah, no, terrific. Right. It's going to be terrific stuff. Terrific. Yeah, uh, James, when James uh, Intercasso and Scott Gray and I were were doing yeah. Fantastic Layers, the one we did last time, we we came up Ooh. with like 20 possible titles. Yeah, you know, uh, we, we came up with this big list, and we're like, we're going through them, and we're surveying other people, and we came back with Fantastic Layers. I'm like, okay, <laughs> like I was ready to let go of the brand for, yeah. but you know, we're good. Like so, yeah, because I have two does, other Fantastic. And it does what it says on the tin, and that is a uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much right, right. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it's a really, funded. really. This is a you know. I'm really excited for this one. Uh, he's been working really hard on it. His his art, yeah. you know, his, his art direction, his design, his layout, and his cartography is absolutely amazing. Mm. Um, so, so he's doing yeah, it all definitely. himself and everything. Uh, so he's got a team that he's brought right. in. I don't I don't know what like percentage of the Kickstarter has gone to which person of the team. I know he is obviously very you know very deeply involved mostly involved in it uh, mm. but yeah there's a there's a, a big a, a big team that he's got listed right, at the bottom right. of the kickstarter of the people that are on it lots yeah. of lots of people we've we've we know and love jeff stevens and jvc perry and Ginny loveday and lots of lots of others mm. so yeah uh, cool stuff yeah it, it's already funded it's got yep. uh what was it uh eight locations 56 encounters and 64 Gorgeous maps, it says. Yeah, maps. so gorgeous. Big beautiful encounter maps. Yeah. Mm. Big beautiful encounter maps are his are his, are his like specialty. Yeah. Mm. And um and I think he's got printed I think I think as add-ons you can get printed versions of all of his encounter maps as well. So that's gonna be Ooh. pretty interesting. Oh wow. And there's a forty six page page PDF as you said, and that's got what, five encounter yeah, maps on it? It's that? got a lot going on in that in that PDF. Yeah. Yeah. And there's he's got oh. a whole big mosaic on the on the Kickstarter page that shows all the different encounter maps that he's put together, many of which are oh. highly reusable. So once you collect these you can use them for all kinds of yeah. 
But yeah, I I'm am excited for it. Definitely, I am definitely a sucker for pretty maps, so I can't help it. I yeah, love his the, like boy. There's no lack of color. Yeah, in this uh, in this in this in this Kickstarter. So yeah, uh, I, I got I got to say this is nice looking art. It's definitely got that sort of um, fantasy book cover sort of vibe to it. Yep, which I quite like. Yeah, great stuff. Oh yeah, well, poster size maps seventy five times one hundred centimeters or thirty inches times forty inches. Wow, those are. Those are pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, this this yeah. And uh working out of Oxfordshire in England, I notice. Yeah, I think he's I think he's from South America. Um, oh, okay. Christian himself. But this is, yeah, yeah. But, but this yeah. is how he's getting stuff done out there. Okay. Right. Yep. So so, so, th- so he's moved from somewhere lovely and sunny and pretty like South America and he's moved to England. Oh, I think he's still <laughs> living in South America as far as I know. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. That's a good shout. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, oh, well, yeah, there's a lot of people on this. This looks really good. Uh, anyway, anyway, shall we move on? Yeah, sorry. So, I, I, you, you, you quite, you quite caught my, uh. I'm glad. Quite caught my eye with this. <laughs> this is, uh, this, this looks very nice. Well, otherwise, we end up in one of those p- Kickstarter segments where it's just Peter looking right, at we, something. We still going, have another segment of the show where you have to guess a Kickstarter. So it's going to be like all right. Kickstarter day. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, what is, I think it is now right. time. It's time to play our favourite game. It's time to play the game. Our favourite game in all the world. Guess the Kickstarter from just the name. That we should play our favourite game in all the world. The game where I read out the name of the Kickstarter and you try and guess what it is from just the name. Um, You've played before, Mike. Do you recall who won? I'm sure I did. Uh, Well, let's go with that. I have no idea. idea. let's, Let's assume you did. Right, right. right. I, gamed, I gamed the scoring system, if I recall. Like the, from so, what I understand, that the scoring system was very was was very articulate and 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 gameable. So, Peter, can you reclaim the title? We'll find out. Okay, sure. Why not? <laughs> right. Who would like to go first? Um, shall I go first? Okay. Are you ready? Unless you want to, Mike. No, no, please. Oh, Mike's smiling. Mike, Mike, Mike's not looking for someone who wants to go first. I'm no, 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 please, 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 please. Okay. All right, Peter. Yes. What is Planagia? How do you spell that? Man, I wish I, I or Plangia. I knew this one. Plangia, Plangia. <laughs> <laughs> well, you wouldn't be able to use it then, would you? No. P. All right, I'll spell it. P L A N E G E A. One word. Plangia. Okay. Um. I'm thinking this is like. Um. Well, the um. I can't, I'm struggling to remember the name of the giant continent that used to be like all the continents on Earth mashed together. Oh, um, yeah, I can't yeah. remember what that's called, but I'm pretty sure that ended with a year. Uh, I'll remember it as soon as I stop talking, obviously. Yeah, I know the one you mean. And, yeah, yeah. I'm going to Google And that. so, yeah, and then you've got playing as part of that. So the name suggests to me, um. Pangaea, what do you think? Yeah. P-A-N-G-A-E-A. Oh, okay. So that's probably not the same thing. Because I, I was just thinking it feels like sort of like, well, I guess the closest description that's been to mind is plane shift and the nexus hub. So you just have like the intersection of like a multi-dimensional space that's all going into the same things, like many like different arcs where the arcs made different planes uh, intersect. And that is where the um, sort of the main setting is. And then you can, you end up there in whatever and you just go hopping around to various dimensions um that's what that's what that's just you were you were so close and yeah then you, you should have stopped with your first guess so basically this is a a prehistoric 5e setting 
dinosaurs. Fantasy, still a fantasy world, but dinosaurs. Nice. Um, it like does look pretty fun. Discover a world yeah. of raw action, primordial horror, and mystic awe in Planagia or Plangia or Plangia, one of those things, 45E. Yeah, and it's, oh, it's it. done by the company that Justin Alexander works for. Do you guys know Justin Alexander? He does the blog The Alexandrian. Very, very sharp RPG guy, and uh, he's, he's, he's involved in, in this. In yeah, this, so uh, this is uh, published by Atlas Games. Yeah, Atlas, right. He works for yeah. Atlas Games. Yeah. So, uh, right, it. so it's next one. This is for you, Mike. Okay. Ooh, interesting. Are you ready? I'm ready. Suburban Consumption of the Monstrous. Say what it again. A cool name. Suburban Consumption yes. of the Monstrous. I, the funny thing, I've seen this one, but I don't remember what it was. <laughs> I love that name. That is a uh, fantastic name. It is an urban horror, uh, lightweight, I'm going to go with an OSR style game where uh, you get together with your neighborhood friends uh, hunting down elder evils in a, uh, uh, in a suburban setting. Halfway there. So it is a suburban setting and it is horror. All right. Um, the themes of it aren't, uh, okay. An anthology of horror live action RPGs. So it's ah, a collection wow. of RPGs set in suburbia and they all have themes of food and consumption. <laughs> <laughs> so, live action. So like, I, you know, you, like you should always go with 5e just statistically, right? Um, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. But live action, you'd have to go down pretty far on the list before you hit yeah. live action as a, as a platform. So this is uh, set in suburbia. Um, it's a collection of games. There's solo games. There's games for two players, games for three players, games for four players. And, you know, so, so different number of uh, different, different types of games. Um, this is by um, Banana Chan and uh, Sadia. I don't know how to say this last name. Bays, Bays, B-I-E-S. How do you do a live play game solo? It's an anthology of LARPs. Yeah. What is a okay. solo? What is a solo LARP? Uh, that is not a <laughs> thing I know. Get dressed up in your basement. Kick back. You don't have to live in the basement. Nice. You can do it in your bedroom. Perfect. You're fun. probably um, going to. You're probably <laughs> yeah. going to get arrested. Yeah. So they've got some content oh. warnings here, and it's quite a long list: gaslighting, abuse, yeah. murder, suicide, paranormal, demons, toxic familial relationships, and it goes on. There's yeah. a, a long list of. Yeah content warnings on this one so it looks like they yes, they are delving into the sort of real life horror quite um quite yes, heavily yes. yeah oh yeah okay. here's a so here's a solo one yeah. as an example so this is called a housewife in her 20s mm-hmm. in this solo larp you are dressed as a siren housewife who's preparing dinner for yourself and your husband as you go mm-hmm. through play you will be answering mm-hmm. questions that determine how much longer you can keep up appearances you have the powers of a siren's voice, which can convince others to do your bidding, but you have not chosen, but you have chosen not to use those powers unless you're in a dire situation. Now, I get that's kind of hard to envisage how that actually plays, but there is a video actual play here, which obviously we can't really show on a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, if you're interested, yeah. it's worth hopping over to the Kickstarter page and watching that video, I think. And that would explain it better Absolutely. than I can. Um, so I don't think we've ever had a LARP on the uh, game before. I think uh-huh. we've maybe had we've had we've had we've had more. We've had, in fact, I can I'm pretty sure I can say that we've had more uh, role playing and tabletop game cafes than we've had live <laughs> yeah, actual role playing game stuff. 
Possibly, yeah. <laughs> well, this is by Pelgrane Press as well. Mm. Oh, I love Pelgrane. So, Mike, I'll give you five points out of ten there, Mike. Peter got right, zero for the that. last one, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on your viewpoint. You're not even one or two. Like he got the, he was, he was there. Sorry. Are you trying he to just help let it him? go? <laughs> sure, as long as it's not five. <laughs> We've had this rash of people being nice on this. Um, it can be nice this, just as long as it's like no more than four. It right? disturbs me. <laughs> It worries me. Oh, there's another round. There's oh, another round. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. I think his is negative. I, I think that was <laughs> yeah, so bad that it probably would eat points from his next guess. Right. So you know, you can go off a person like. <laughs> so there's a, there's a couple more kickstarters here before we go into the second round, uh, which we mentioned on the podcast before, so we can't do them. But yeah. Raiders of the Serpent okay. Sea, which is yep. um, the Nordic one from the people who did the um, Baldur's Gate, uh, yeah, and. Um, what was the previous one they did? Odyssey of the Dragon Lords. Odyssey of the Dragon Lords, big one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's... Uh, uh, you're looking forward to that one. Yeah, that was really right. cool. Yeah. Yeah, both. Yeah. I, I, I'm back in Serpent Sea and I, and I got Odyssey of the Dragon Lords. I was sitting on my shelf. It's awesome. And the other oh, one we mentioned, I think, last week was Kaliamba, or Kal- no, Kalimba, sorry, which was a oh, yes, translation so, of a Brazilian. Yeah. Um, mm. set, set in Africa. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, okay, Fantastic. so uh, whose turn is it now? Uh, mine. Okay. You may have seen this one because I, I have seen Facebook ads for it, but if you haven't, so let me know if you have, but... Uh, well, also, it's not the Skylords of Oprah. It's not the Skylords of Oprah, no, no. <laughs> It is Book of Eben Tides. Or is that Eben Tides? Is it Eben or Eben? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think it's Eben. Eben Tides, okay. Yeah, I think. Not not 100%, um, but either way, uh, I, it is like my... my 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 wallet is straining, saying, "Quick, quick, run, run!" They go back. They go back into a Kickstarter. Run! Uh, yeah. So, uh, book of Ebon Tides. I feel this is a book with obviously a strong nautical theme. The Ebon Tides is like black water, I guess. So, um, I don't know. There was like a like fairly old uh, children's cartoon, which obviously we won't know anything about. Russ called uh, Pirates of Dark Water. So I'm hoping for something. You're right. I have no idea what that is. Oh, right. Um, but I'm, ho- I'm hoping for something like this where we've got like it is. Uh, ooh, let's say it is a. It feels like it should be fantasy, but would it be? I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure about system, but I feel there's going to be a fair amount of pirating, but also with like sort of a really heavy mystical slash fantastical element in um, with like. Basically, terrible things happening at sea. Like, yeah, worse things happen at sea. They say exactly the same things as on land, but you're wet as well. But I've run your answer <laughs> yeah. through the computer. All the algorithms from the spreadsheet have been applied, and the uh, the score it's given me is minus seventeen points. Wow! Uh, it, okay. it ate your previous. One. <laughs> yeah, like, like seriously, you should stop getting your uh, algorithms off the Tory party. <laughs> they're, they're no good, mate. They're no good. So, <laughs> no politics, Peter. Artificially <laughs> Artificially deflate things. Well, okay. So um, <laughs> this is a this is from Coal Press and is a source book to the Plane of Shadow. Oh, of course, yeah. It's a complete okay. guide to the people, places, heroes, magic, and monsters of the Plane of Shadow, a land where fey magic, illusion, and trickery are as potent as steel. Mm. I backed it and, <laughs> cool. I, and I forgot. <laughs> yeah, I would have, would you, I would have failed too. I probably would have gotten negative. Do you 17. back every Kickstarter? I back a lot of Kickstarters. I'm, I'm, at, I'm, I'm closing in on 200 here pretty soon. 
Anyway, the final the final entry in this uh, this yeah. game. I think it's for Mike now, isn't it? It is. Yeah. So, yeah. are you ready? I'm ready. This is called abilities considered unnatural. Okay. Uh, this is. I am. I'm going to go with my statistically likely five e five e system. Uh, this is a book of new feats uh, and new powers that you can apply to your existing characters uh, in your in your five e game. So, uh, if you want to augment, and it has a new system that stacks on top of you know feats and subclasses and stuff like that uh, to grant new abilities to your five e characters. An ind- independent book, but fully compatible with all of your five e stuff. Ouch. Very much, very much not that. <laughs> <laughs> what does the algorithm say? Run it through the spreadsheet. Well, bizarrely, bizarrely, you also have minus Ooh. 17 points for that. Wow. <laughs> which puts you on a total of minus 12, I believe, to Peter's minus 17, which does mean ah, you hey, have won. I won. <laughs> Excellent. Yay. Well, Only by not losing as badly, but you have won. <laughs> hey, I'll take it. Right? I don't have to run fast. Okay. I just have to run faster than Peter. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> I, I accept the modulus of the scores. So <laughs> I, I question the algorithms. I would like to, I'd like to no, see no, the source code, Do not please. question the spreadsheet. The spreadsheet yeah. has tentacles. Are you sure you dragged the cell correctly for the calculations? <laughs> the automatic. Anyway, what this is, is a sci-fi Kickstarter for the Mothership Ooh. RPG. It's <laughs> a dungeon crawl with plasma blade-wielding zealots. <laughs> so there's this, there's a mine, and they find something deep in the rock of an isolated rim, rim world, and the Sharp Mining Corporation sort of owns owns the mine, and they convert it into a temple to, and the board of directors sends sends you down to retrieve something. That's a, sounds great. It's yeah, it sounds very Ooh. sort of Star Wars, aliens, kind of Star Wars, yeah, combined with aliens. I think is uh, is what this sure. is. Yeah, derelict, oh, ancient derelict alien stuff. Yeah, um, I like that. I like that almost as much as I like evil moons. Colonial Marines, mm. but with lightsabers mm. <laughs> or an evil moon. Yeah, basically. Moon, yeah, yeah, I think that's basically what it is. Uh, yeah, 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 uh-huh. yeah. I think you just described it in a nutshell. Yes. Well, anyway, Mike, Mike is now moving to back. To <laughs> yes. Sure. He's <laughs> <laughs> back <it> twice. <laughs> Right, and that I think is the end of our favourite game in all the world for this week. And Mike is the winner; he gets to take home the trophy, which is a smug sense of self-satisfaction. Excellent. Uh, What if what if I already have that? You get two. Look, we've cleared out five dungeons just this month and overthrown seven evil empires in the last year. Not to mention six dragon overlords, a baker's dozen of arshliches, and a kobold. Aye, we need a holiday, my friend, that's for sure. I'm glad you said that, Balin, because I've got a little surprise for you. A surprise, Jorgen? How exciting. Yep. I was just saying to myself the other day that my friend Balin was looking a little tired after repelling his third goblin horde before breakfast and thought maybe I'd book a little break. A break? You mean an actual vacation? Exactly. I booked us a weekend break at an exotic holiday destination. Oh my! I'm so excited! Tell me more, friend Jorgen. Well, you know how much you like peaches. Oh, yes, yes, I do. I do so love those sunny, sandy expanses. So, I looked for the sunniest, sandiest place I could find. Oh, gosh. 
I can barely contain myself. Where are we going, my dearest friend and compatriot? Yes, it's this lovely place called Arrakis. Arrakis, eh? Tell me more. It's a quiet little place. Not sure if you've heard of it. You'll need to make sure your sanguine and vaccination's up to date, though. Oh, I'm very conscientious when it comes to sandworm vaccinations, ever since poor Corrick met his end. Alas, poor Corrick. I know him well. Who could have anticipated a sandworm in the privy, eh? Ah, way to go. Still, I'm all vaccinated and ready to rumble. One thing about these sandworms, Balin. What's that, Jorgen? They are quite big. Oh, no mind. I'm used to big sandworms. Mm -hmm. Yes, but... These may be a bit bigger than you're used to. Hmm. Are you suggesting I get a booster shot just in case? Yes. Well, better be safe than sorry. That's what I say. Very sensible. That's what I like about you, Jorgen. Anyhow, that's not all, Bailey. That's just the first part of our holiday. You mean there's more? Goodness, Jorgen, I don't know what to say. Where else are we going? Well... You know how you enjoy encountering new fauna and flora? Oh, I do, I do. Watching wildlife in its native habitat fills me with joy. I go all David Attenborough. A true conservationist at heart, eh, Balin? Well, I found a jolly little place called, um, let me see, uh, yes, LV426. LV426? It's not the most inspiring name I've ever heard of for a vacation resort. True, true. But what it lacks in designation, it more than makes up for in xenomorphs. Xenomorphs? Why? They sound absolutely delightful. I can barely wait to meet them. Do they like cuddles? Oh, I'm sure they do, Balin. I'm sure they do. Now, uh, let's see. The final leg of our holiday is a whistle stops tour of Must First Set the Alpha 5 Pyrrhus. Off and, uh, yes, the Nine Hells. Now, they all sound absolutely delightful. I'm going to pack. Let's see. I need sunscreen, a thick parka, earplugs. Hold on. I haven't finished yet. What? There's more? Well, you know how much you like mazes. Oh, I do. I do like mazes. Oh, tell me, Jorgen, where are we going? The labyrinth of Crete Guard by the famous Minotaur? The labyrinth of, uh, labyrinth guarded by the famous David Bowie? Wait, don't tell me. Is it the deadly cube? A 3D maze filled with little traps? Better than all those, Balin. We're going to the most feared maze in all the world. We're going to Ikea. Ikea? Yes, it was part of the package. Look, George, Arrakis, LV426, Mustafa. Set the Alpha 5? That's all one thing, but... But... Ikea! I'm sorry, Balin. I always just go a bit too far. Hey, so Peter, I was uh, I was walking down the road the other day, and uh, I saw this bunch of really cool, good-looking people. Cool? Good lucky. That could only be our patrons. Yep. Man, I have never seen such a well-informed, debonair bunch in all my life. Yeah, right. You know, why is that? I don't know. You tell me. Well, if I was forced to speculate, I guess it's because they listen to our top secret, super exclusive bonus episode every week. Bonus episode? What? Yeah. Each week, our patrons get an extra half hour or even more of extra content that nobody else gets to hear. Wow. That's amazing. Where can they find this? 
Oh, it's pretty simple. You just head over to patreon.com slash Morris and pledge a monthly donation. Anything from a dollar to whatever you think we're worth. Huh, I did a, uh, a scientific calculation once just to see how much we're worth. Oh, yeah. How much? Uh, you probably don't want to know. Probably for the best. Anyway, if you, if you enjoy our podcast, please head on over to patreon.com slash Morris and, you know, just pledge a little. That's patreon.com slash Morris. And thank you so much for your support. We couldn't do this without you. I reckon we could. Shh. Shall we start talking about the lazy DMs companion? Sure. Oh, I think we should. So this is this is part of uh, your ongoing process of launching Kickstarters at the same time as me. Yes, I, I, I actually I try to time that. I have a <laughs> I have a, a spreadsheet and algorithms that have predicted when you're going to launch a Kickstarter, and then I, I, and then I launch one like one day early. Yeah. I think it initially yeah. has been for like the last two years. <laughs> I think. <Yeah. laughs> I mean, you guys should do a Kickstarter together or something. And then, now, like, it would be... and then we solve the problem, yeah. Right. Yeah, I don't even know what's going on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, so this Kickstarter is yeah. done incredible. It has, just for those listening, it has finished. Yep. However, finished um, yeah. will people be able to pledge late via Vector yes. Kit or something? Yeah. Yes. The, the, so, no, I, I don't know what it is yet because this is all new to me. Uh, but right. I, later today, my next my next plan is to talk to, to talk to the people that have been helping me with this and make sure that we have a way to do either late pledges or uh, some way yes. to do pre-orders. I'm, or doing, that. Like I'm that. doing that for the first because time ever with I, my I'm, one I'm, as well. So as, as one who's you... running Kickstarter, I immediately got, I think literally this morning, I had six people that are like, I, I was all set to back it and I missed. And, you know, mm. I guess I will, I will do that what I can. every time. Though. I, 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 I want to take your money, so I will find a way. Mm. So, um... The, the Lazy DMs Companion, you've written a number of DM advice books. You have a blog. Yep. You frequently give DM advice. On Twitter, yep. you are known for um, regular um, D&D tips. Yep. yep. Um, so, you know, yep. you are, I guess, like, I think it's... I've, I've scaled up oh, quite a bit on YouTube this yeah, past year as well. You, I think you might be, Ooh. like, the possibly the leading person one would think of when it comes to... DMing advice these Col- days. Colville probably, so, so yeah. Mind. Matt Colville's yeah. probably about ten times more likely to be named than than I am. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm always happy when the two of us are compared to one another. But right. I'm pretty yeah, sure, yeah. popularity wise, <laughs> you know, uh, d- d- different styles uh, yeah. uh, and different mediums as well. I guess yeah. as well. Yeah. I mean, you're, right. you're, we're talking about books here and, uh, yeah. and so forth. So, um, yeah, the good news the, is Matt Colville has not put out any kind of books about 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 GM advice. But yeah, there there are actually a yeah. lot of there are a lot of <laughs> yeah there are a lot of uh, uh, there are a lot of people out there who have been putting out some really good GM advice yeah. for, for yeah. a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's all one, under your. Uh, cave Sly Flourish. Right. Yep. Yeah. 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 So, um, the Lazy DMs Companion, how does this differ from the previous books? Sure. So, it, 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 it complements, uh, both of the previous books. So, the, I, I consider it the third of a three book series. The first one being Return of the Lazy mm-hmm. Dungeon Master, which is actually the successor to the original Lazy Dungeon Master. Mm-hmm. So, there, there are four Lazy Dungeon Master books. But in my opinion, like the, the there's the three are Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master, the Lazy Dun- the Lazy DM's Workbook, and the Lazy DM's Companion, and each of them serve Ooh. like a different spot in a in a DM's in a DM's life. Uh, Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master is intended to offer you a it's it's a book you sit down and you read and maybe you pick up a couple times a year and sort of refresh yourself. Uh, and Ooh. and does a bunch of different things, but the main thing is that it offers like eight steps that you can walk through to prepare for a fantasy RPG. It works for it can work for lots of different RPGs, but I certainly had 
D&D in mind when I was when I was yeah. writing it. So there are, there are other games that have sort of a pre-built system for how you prep them, but for the ones that don't, this this book offers a offers a process. And that that process seems yeah. to have worked for a lot of people, right? A lot of a lot of people it, it was much more popular than I thought it would be and um and 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 seems to have made a pretty good impact. It has a lot of other stuff in there like how to do campaign building, but all of it is built around this idea that that um people have a limited amount of time. They have a limited amount of bandwidth that they they, they can apply towards DMing. So how do you how do you apply the most efficiency? You know, how are you, how do you how are you, how do you stay most efficient when you're preparing the kind of stuff that you're preparing? So yeah. instead of building giant campaign yeah. worlds, how about focusing on the six things that make your world different and then figuring out where the characters are and spiraling out from there? So the lazy the return of the lazy dungeon master is intended for you to to get that framework and sort of sit and and read it and then artic you know kind of internalize it and then set it aside. Um, the lazy DM workbook, which was actually the stretch goal for Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master, uh, is my second most popular book, and it is a it's intended to be like a forty eight page DM screen. It's the kind of book that sits at your table. It has a bunch of charts, a bunch of references, a bunch of quick tools, uh, a bunch of like, you know, 10 maps with descriptions that don't have anything else applied to it. So you can sort of put your own monsters there or put your own adventures there. But it's intended to like help you improvise a game at the table, right? It's, it's, it's meant to sit there at, at your side. Uh, the companion sits between the two of those. So the, the Lazy DM's okay. companion is a, uh, it's a book of guidelines to help streamline play for fifth edition D and D, but also some of these some of these guidelines can work for for other games as well. And uh, what I've been referring to is like inspirational generators, which are sort of sets yeah. of random tables that fit together around a particular theme, and then help shake up your brain to come up with interesting ideas for either your adventure or your campaign world. So they're they're really designed for homebrew. Right. You can you yeah, can certainly yeah. use them as components to a published setting if you're in a published setting. Uh, but but they're really intended to kind of just take take you and grab you and shake you and then have you come up with things that you wouldn't have thought of otherwise. So a lot of different mm. prompts for things like that and, and all built around practicality. Yeah. Like I want to be able to do this quickly. Um, so it's a it's a 64 page uh, 64 page soft cover uh, and PDF. Uh, it will have also have some maps, but the maps are going to be at a higher scale than the maps that are in the workbook. So the workbook maps are like a specific location. A lot of the maps in this one are like, here's a village. Uh, here's like a wilderness yeah, point yeah. crawl, stuff like that. So, so uh, you know, it, it, it is designed specifically recognizing that the other two books exist, uh, but also is intended to be completely standalone. So like if, you're, if you didn't buy the other two, you can of course buy this and you'll get, you'll get a lot of value. Uh, it's a very dense book. So it's 64 pages, yeah. but every single page is its own, it, like practically its own chapter, right? I think there's only a couple of pages there's only a couple of topics that span more than one page. Everything is designed that you could just take that one page. It's got one guideline. Like, how do you do point crawls for wilderness travel? Here's one page that helps you do that. So you got, mm. so you got like over six, 60. What, what is a point crawl? Because like, I know what a hex crawl sure. is. Sure. So a, a, point, a point crawl. So I, I mentioned Justin Alexander before, right? He was, uh, uh, we, we were talking about a Kickstarter that, that he was uh, an, a producer on. And Justin Alexander wrote an article. And it actually points back to a previous article that came from a blog called Hills Canton back in 2012 or something like that. Uh, a point crawl is essentially a different way of doing overland travel than a hex crawl uh, in which you uh, build out wilderness travel almost like you're building a dungeon uh, in which you have locations and you have the natural pathways that connect locations. 
and you can build it like you can build a dungeon. So if you're familiar with the idea of, of uh, Janelle jQuay and this concept of jQuaying the dungeon, these are dungeon designs that have things like loopbacks, secret passages. There's like there's ways to make interesting dungeons, right? And there's ways to make really boring yeah. ones. There's ways to make really interesting yeah. ones. And interesting ones will do things like show you the end before you can get there. Or they'll, they'll have lots of alternate paths for discovery. They're not uniform in their construction. There's yeah. lots of criteria. Well, you can do the same thing with wilderness travel that like when you get to a location, you can see that there's a main path that takes you to this next spot, but there's also this little secret path that takes you off to this other location. And so you Ooh. draw them out like a point map. You you know, circles can be your locations and then lines are the pathways. And it's a, it's a great way of being able to build a, a travel, a wilderness and travel scene that is as rich as like dungeon exploration and as easy to run as dungeon exploration. You're not kind of like, oh, you can go wherever you want. It's like, no, there's there's the river. You know, do you want to follow the dry riverbed or do you want to follow this game trail or do you want to go along mm. the main road, right? And then it gives interesting so, so choices. Having, having like different bits of terrain to encounter along this right. with like challenge ratings and XP. So yeah, if you want, right. That would be yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, that, really, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so so like the, the, mm. the one-page guide for this says like, here are a bunch mm. of different interesting locations that you might run to in a point mm. crawl. Here are all of the different paths that might connect them. Uh, here are mm. interesting monuments that might be there. And then for a wilderness one, here are different like actual encounters that you might have along the way, right? And okay. so you can sort of roll on these yeah. tables and then come up with a whole sort of scene mm. on the spot. So a lot of a lot of the companion is there to you know very similar to the other books of like teaching you how to fish right where we we I, I offer up a lot of different tables that you can roll on and are very practical on their own but they also give you ideas like oh well for my world I have this other layer to it but I could take that layer and overlay it on this and come up with my own thing so it's really designed it's really designed you know designed to work that way yeah to help you create your own tools as well right yeah uh, so I've, I've I've been building the trap yourself into making your own world yeah yeah oh. exactly so I've been building out pretty mm. slowly over about a year. And I've been mm -hmm. giving little, little pieces of it to uh, patrons. Um, I have a Patreon, mm -hmm. and patrons of Sly Flourish have been getting these pieces over the year, mm -hmm. and it's been slowly building up and building up. And I've been getting a lot of feedback on it. So the good news is, like, it's been like we're gonna still go through like a round of testing to make sure that like the tables aren't really dumb when you do the rolls. Uh, but a lot mm -hmm. of them have been seen by a lot of people already, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. which which means nice. that it's, it's been sort of hardened hardened by reality. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah, there's yeah. nothing like exposing it to a big crowd of testers. Right. To, uh, and yeah, I had, a, I had a really, <laughs> I had a really great experience because I came to one of the guidelines it offers is uh, how did what I call like, uh, uh, you know, the, the lazy encounter benchmark, which is a much faster, much easier way of doing encounter benchmarks for fifth edition than the, the Dungeon Master's Guide offers or even Xanathar's Guide. And it's a very streamlined process of essentially adding together all the character levels, dividing them by a number and then matching it against the, the challenge rating. And I, I, one day I was going through and looking at Level Up 5e and reading the description about how it does not Level Up 5e. And I said, hey, look, <laughs> yeah. they're doing it the same way. And I was like, yay, you know, we, we came to the same conclusion, you know? And so, I, I was thinking there's clearly great minds thinking so you, exactly. you, and Paul, you, you and Paul Hughes are clearly on exactly the same well, way. Well, yeah, and yeah, I would be yeah. I would be remiss if, if Paul Hughes would, had not influenced some of my <laughs> early thoughts in this, right? So we, yeah. we, we came to the same sort of, you know, we you know the general idea is like, look, challenge rating is kind of a joke anyway, right? Like mm. the, the CR yeah. of any given monster is not necessarily the same as the CR of, of an equal, yeah, equal CR of a different monster. Mm. So you're, it's already a loose system. So why do we have this crazy archaic mathematical process or something that's loose anyway? Let's just have Ooh. a loose system in the first place. So, and, and it turns out like you can keep it in your head and you can very quickly go, ah, 17 challenge ratings of monsters is probably at the deadly level 
for mm. this battle. Anything lower than that is probably going to be easier, right? Anything yeah. higher than that yeah. is probably going to be deadly. And yeah. So yeah. you can, you can, it's much faster, right? It's a much yeah. faster yeah. system. So it's a much more elegant system, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Since, since you have mentioned advanced level up, I was thinking, actually, yeah, point pools, I could use the level up journey rules, the journey activities, and one of the things that I really am desperate to get going, right? that haven't because I'm a bit lazy, so your book is obviously aimed at me, is <laughs> yep. um, including things like when players are playing, well, we'll go from here to here, they can make a roll to say what sort of things are on the way, and the point mm-hmm. pool is like a great way to flesh that out, and then I can populate it with things like kobolds, and they can make rolls and say, okay, so if we're going to talk to kobolds, we know they're draconic, they're very proud, but they do like shiny things. We should totally bribe them with presents. Right. Yep. And maybe that's a way to help make encounters easier on the way and all that sort of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's like an obvious thing that just seems like uh, that's a really useful thing that I'm yeah. pretty much halfway sold already, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> well, point calls are only one of the 60. Yeah. They're only one of the 60 odd different things in this book. Um, yeah, yes. right. so yeah. I'm, I'm looking well, at the full yeah. list here. I don't want to. I don't want yeah. to. Yeah, leave it goes on and on, with, and on. Yeah, right. I don't leave oh, this yeah. with the impression that this is the point. A, a point call, but no, it's, no, no. no. It's one, that's one page of sixty-four pages. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, no, I, I was like looking through. Going, and yes, that's the yes, idea. It's like trying to trying to take an idea like that and really shrink it down to one page to make it as palatable as possible. Yeah. and yeah. then yeah. and then get on to the next one, right? Like, yeah, yeah. You know, give lots I mean, and lots of tools. Yeah, session zero guidelines, safety tools. It seems like you've got like these. Uh, I think well, actually that might be quite a good thing to have, just as like a reference mm-hmm. to keep to hand in case I'm like thinking about it or bringing a game or a, a session zero checklist. That's looks yep. good. That's mm. yep. very good. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a yeah. good 17 page preview. I don't have the 42 or 47 page preview no. that uh, Christian Zuck has, but <laughs> I do have because 47, well, 47 pages page book. preview of a yeah. 65 page book. <laughs> That'd be pretty much <laughs> it. Yeah. Right. Like, there's some maps you didn't get. So basically, this preview is everything yeah. except for the yeah. last page. <laughs> right, right. And the, yeah, I don't include the OGL in it. Yeah. yeah so the um, yeah. Uh, it it, but there is a 17 page preview of it that has a lot of tools, and I really looked at those 17 pages and said, I want these to be useful on their own. I want it to be yeah. a product Ooh. that somebody yeah. can grab and use on their own yeah. and they if they mm. don't buy the book that's they, they still got a lot of good stuff there's nothing yeah. in there yeah. it like i wanted to preview a lot of the ideas but because they're all they they all work on their own mm. i wanted it to yeah. kind of work on its own same way i did with return like you can you can download the eight steps and descriptions of the eight steps from mm. the, you know from slyflourish.com yeah. for free and and that way that those eight steps you can read them and try them and see if they work for you and if you like it then you might like the rest of the book i try to do that with all the books that i do yeah so you uh, kind of- the generators look very very nice like um, Alien Worlds generation. Yep. Right. I got to say that did that did catch my eye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, was, I was just going to say uh, how um, you kind of divided this into sort of various categories, like generators Ooh. being one category, like Peter just mentioned, Ooh. as campaign generators right. and adventure generators, and then you yep. got 5e tools, and then you got lazy DM guidelines, the four kind of yep. broad yep. subjects that you got. So you were just talking about the generators there, Peter, Ooh. the campaign generators of Alien Worlds and cult generators and god generators and. Kings, yeah. Fallen Kingdoms. Yeah, yeah Fallen uh, Kingdoms, yeah. Instant history, just add water, love it. Yep, um, exactly, yeah. 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 And yeah. a lot yeah. of it is like, you know, yeah. characters are wandering through a dungeon, and maybe mm. that dungeon, and I've seen this in published adventures, where it's like, mm. there, there's no description of what this place used to be. Well, you know, yeah, a, a yeah, few yeah. quick rolls can give you enough information that when they look at a mosaic on a wall, they'll see something interesting, mm. you know, and you can, exactly. you, can you know, r- r- random old dead gods that you've never heard of before yeah. can appear here because you could just do a, a couple of quick rolls, yeah. 
So there's a that couple of things a lot that are similar to Druid and stuff. Really there's nice, a couple yeah. of things that really jump out on me here. Mm-hmm. Um, one is revised guidelines for theatre of the mind, and the reason that jumps yep. out is because I know that you are very, very hot on theatre of the mind. I am. You talk yep. on Twitter mm-hmm. a lot about, you know, you ask questions about how people run theatre of the mind things, what mm-hmm. um, tools a given game might have for theatre of the mind. You know, that's obviously important to you. Um, so mm-hmm. can you talk a little on what mm-hmm. that page sure. is about? Yeah, and I actually I offer two, so I'll uh, two two variants, right? And right. so I'll I'll, I'll 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 talk about both. But yeah, the only reason I'm real hot on theater of the mind is because I think it's it's an under it's an underappreciated tool. Mm-hmm. Uh, not mm-hmm. because I expect that everybody will dump like you know I you're, you're talking to a guy who has I, I I've spent four times more on Dwarven Forge than the cost of my first car, mm-hmm. right? So I have <laughs> I, I like tabletop stuff. I have lots of maps. Yeah. I, yeah. I I yeah. I use you know I I use battle maps pretty frequently mm. but i i like having the option right mm, and i mm. think especially as a lazy dm being able to quickly run a battle uh without having to pull out the maps and minis without having to get yeah. all those accessories like you save yeah. so much time right there's so much mm-hmm. time and energy that you're able to save if you could just run it and for like small battles where you have like two bandits against a, you know five level seven characters you don't need to get you know your bandit minis out right mm. you could just you could just describe it so i think it's an it's an underused it's an underused and underappreciated tool i think mm. which is why I, i'm hot on it the other thing is like wizards of the coast does it all the time right so like you look at like live play shows that they run and and i've talked to people at wizards of the coast they're like yeah all of us run through the mind and you're like well mm. your guidelines for it are terrible so you know, like help, help a dude out right like help us help no, us know. they have like hold back well, they, they have like they have, I mean, you know it's true right they have like one paragraph where they describe it in the dungeon master's guide it's very little so that means both the workbook has guidelines for theater of the mind but then i was like you know i've now spent a few years with this let me offer up some other guidelines for theater of the mind. Right. mostly it's about the interaction between the player and the dm but but i also recognize there are many people who don't they, they just want to be able to see it because they feel like you're taking their agency away if you don't see it and then there's uh um people with affectasia who cannot visualize when you describe it right so okay and and uh, you know the thing i always say is like well that's true too but i also play with blind friends so how good is a battle map in minis for them right and Mm -hmm. one of the worst stories i heard my my friend sharon who's who's blind talked about how like she was at a like an organized play game and the guy was setting up maps and minis and she's like i'm sitting here in silence for 15 minutes knowing that what he's doing is not going to help me at all (laughs) she's like that that level of frustration is high yeah so that's where you're like okay we want tools for accessibility on both sides so the other option i i I talk about which i have which isn't i think in either of the books is zone-based combat and this is an idea that like instead of thinking about five foot grids and being real particular about distances you can instead drop these essentially like a 25 or 30 foot zone yeah and anybody can move from one zone to another with a move action you can move within a zone You, you worry about who's adjacent and the neat thing is you can do that visually so you can have like each zone is a three by five card and yeah. you can put minis on the three by five cards to show which zone you're yeah. in yeah and, well, if you've got few enough zones you can probably well, hold well, those in your head quite easily as well yeah right well, yeah, a yeah. lot of times you have one and if it's one zone it's not even zone based combat because yeah, yeah. you're all in the same place so well, you well, can you well, can well, still do that visually and still help people who can't normally understand yeah. what the hell's going on in theater of the mind but you don't have to pull out like the the battle map and all the miniatures and all the grids and then count squares or get out your crazy mm you know protractors to see exactly how big your fireball was because that that that, i think the thing that that drives me a little less is we're playing games of crazy heroic fantasy and then we're worried about these tiny little units of measurement for these huge effects right like a wizard casting a fireball and blowing up a bunch of people should be really really cool we shouldn't be arguing about whether or not you're half a square in it or not well that's where that's where the wargaming (laughs) was kind of rear their heads yeah i know right sure yeah yeah 
But yeah, no, yeah. I, I mean, zone-based combat I've used many times. And I love, I love zone-based combat. Yeah, it's a real, I, I, it's just, it stays in the action. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it keeps the cinematic feel, but also lets people have kind of return to the agency that they yeah, had with, yeah. with gridded play. Yeah. Well, I, I do recall that we've basically, as part of the redesign of the spells for Level Up, we actually did all the spells to a, like, sort of a standardized distances. So it's like where the we might have thought it as oh yeah foot. yeah so short medium yeah. and long sort of thing so yeah so basically yeah, it's very yeah like easy to say that guy's close yeah. to you or that guy's far right. away from yeah, you fantastic. and that's all right. you need to know right. or you right. can use, or you can use the number if you prefer but you know. right right yeah and and I think I saw like I was you know I was very very interested in the in the level up five e lich right like liches are I think are my favorite monster in mm. my opinion they're they they could be possibly the most difficult monster in the monster manual to run because oh, yeah. they have so yeah. much stuff going yeah, on spell casting and I noticed that I think the lich has like a a lightning bolt equivalent that hits two targets, right? Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's so much nicer than having to figure out a line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Like yeah. you hit two targets. I'm like, ah, oh, beautiful. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, I saw that. I, I think a lot of what got me fired up on this was 13th Age, right? 13th Age mm -hmm. by Rob mm -hmm. So and Jonathan Tweet. Mm -hmm. They took yeah. essentially a lot of third edition and fourth edition stuff and yeah. put in 13th Age and then did abstract combat of, of you know, short, yeah. medium, long, and adjacent to not. And that, that's, mm -hmm. it was when I was running that pretty regularly that I got really excited about how the high action can stay yeah. in a game where and i was using dwarven forge and miniatures still but like yeah. all the players knew like oh he's close and he just move you you know instead of like counting squares they just yeah. move their token from one place to the yeah. other yeah, yeah. I mean, really with, with that yeah you, you can you don't you don't have to move your token or your miniature certain squares you can just say <laughs> right, i'm moving to the top of that tower there and you, and right. you get, right that's that's yeah. close. what am i that, what am yeah. i one of my favorite moments, I was at an organized play game at Gen Con, and uh, the DM mm -hmm. was like, look, I have miniatures just so we can see like who's next to who or who's mm -hmm. grouped up, but we're not worrying about squares. And he didn't have a mat. It was literally just like the black table, the black plastic tablecloth that they had on the table. Yeah. And he had the mini yeah. setup. And there was one guy who was just rebelling and literally was counting squares that weren't there. Right. Like he was he was moving his miniature like six squares. It's like there's no squares. Like there's you know it's and everybody, fine. It's fine. Just relax, I know, everybody just relax. rolled their yeah. eyes. It was like, all right, you know, yeah. that's what you yeah. want. Well, Go ahead and count your fake so, squares. So what what would be like, you know, your top top three pick I mean, I'm asking oh. this purely selfishly, because I on a on a Monday I am running a purely theater of the mind uh right. set of D and D battles. Yeah. <laughs> oh so like what, what, yeah, sorry. Probably, yeah. What would be your top three bits of advice for me? For running Theater of the Mind? Uh, so I think number one would be a, a talk, talk to your players ahead of time about how you're going to run it. So mm -hmm. they know yeah. what they can do and what they can't. Um, you know, just mm -hmm. whatever your whatever your kind of ground rules are that you're, you're going to be using for it. I would I would before they mm -hmm. get into combat, you know, mm -hmm. describe how that's going to work. Uh, and then the, probably the number one rule I would I would push to them and, and keep in mind is uh, asking for intent that for, a you yes. know, a, have yeah. the player describe what they want to do. What what do they want their character oh, yeah. to do? And then you're there to help yeah. figure them out how to do it. And you could do that with really oh. complicated, tweaky characters. So if it's like I'm a polearm master with a glaive who also has the. Uh, whatever the protection one is, where I can protect my neighbor. It's like, well, what do you want to do? Well, I want to stand between all those oncoming orcs and my wizard friend and anybody that's coming yeah. after me or the wizard friend, I want to be able to yeah, hit him yeah. with an opportunity. Okay, perfect. You're going to be able to do that, right? Mm, and yeah, then yeah. give it to him, I, right? I, like I, one I, of the orcs I, comes running in, go, yeah. right? So, that, so yeah. yeah. I, 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 anytime someone's asked me, Oh, how far is it? I'm like, just what, just, what, what, what would you like to, to do? Yeah. And it's it's uh, hard yeah. to get that transaction. Yeah. Like, I I I, yes. I have players that I've done theater of the mind with for years, mm -hmm. and we still have that mm -hmm. like, well, you know, well, how close are the two people together? And I'm like, what yeah. do you want to do? I think that's the difference between the two questions is one per one person might say, how far away is that tree? The other person mm -hmm. might say, 
can I get to that tree? Yeah, yeah. right. And the, and the second one is so much more and, useful. And the latter question right. is the one you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, I had it. I, I think so. I was running a pseudo theater of the mind game on Wednesday. And uh, mm-hmm. one of the players said, like, how, you know, he's like, I know that the squares here aren't actually representing direct distances. How close are those two, like, skeletal frost giants? And I was like, what would you like to do? He's like, I'd like to either hit him with a uh, slow or a um, hypnotic pattern. And I'm like, you could do either, right? Like, mm, you, you, yes. okay, I want to hit both with a hypnotic pattern. I'm like, bang, let's, you know. Right, right, so right, it's getting right, them used yeah. to, like, just describe what you want your character to do. It sounds a little permissive, mm. but as long as you're a servant DM yeah. who is mm, there to mm. make the characters look awesome. It's not yeah. like I'm going to screw you by making the oh you know, sorry it's difficult think, terrain. Yeah, you know, I think there's a kind yeah. of slight sort of um, mental unlocking of kind of realizing the ranges don't matter all that much to the no, experience. No, they really don't. Oh, right. I mean, right. I mean, to some yeah. people maybe they do, and you know, uh, people who do prefer a sort of more war gamey slant to their games. But generally speaking, they don't really yeah. matter. It, it, it's like it, when you talk about edge cases, that's yeah. where it becomes useful. Well, and there's a like, lot, a, right? Like, yeah, yeah. If your character is built around being just slightly out of range of someone yeah. else, <laughs> like, I, I, had a, I had a friend who played a monk, and at one level, he gained an extra five feet of movement. And mm. he's like, "When is that Ooh. ever going to come into play?" I'm like, "Sometimes you'll be able to reach stuff you weren't able to reach, right?" So right, right. more than once, <laughs> I, I would regularly say, "Like, he's like, I want to run up and attack him." I'm like, "Oh, he's just out of reach." Oh, except because you have that extra five feet, you're able to do it. Yeah, he's like, yeah. Man, and you're yeah. such a dick. Yeah. <laughs> you do that over and over again. Like only you with your extra five feet can reach that guy. Yeah. Well, as right. he knows secretly, he could have reached him anyway. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> like the reality is, you know, what about him? So, you know, and then yeah, everyone else so, is like, yeah. wait a minute, that means we can't reach him. I'm like, well, yeah. You know, <laughs> it's like, you know, the, the, the distance is based on the distance of the yeah. furthest reaching character. Yeah, yeah. So, I think, uh, and then yeah. The, the, the one last tip I would offer is if it helps, uh, having some kind of visual that just groups people up. Mm, I've yeah. done it like in Discord where I don't even use a map. I'll just do lines of text mm. in Discord. And mm. then uh, okay. put like two names together shows that they're adjacent. Two names with a space shows that they're not adjacent. Mm. And then do this like sort of one dimensional Final Fantasy style battle. You yeah. know, if, if you've ever played like Darkest Dungeons, where it's like this linear, oh. uh, you know, linear path of heroes on one side and monsters on the other, just turn that yeah. sideways and do it in text with names. Mm. And, and people can Perfect. be like, oh, okay. And you could do zone names that way with like all uppercase text. Uh, shows a zone and then mm-hmm. you could have two places you know and you could do it in a text editor and just paste it regularly into discord so i've done that and that that's a good way for people to get a general idea oh okay i know how many monsters are left i know where they are i know who's adjacent to them my you know like the rogue mm-hmm. can say ah, i can see that this orc here that the fighters already engaged with this orc so i'll just run up to that orc mm-hmm. and attack mm-hmm. and so it's a good nice. way of having a visual without having to do you know anything yeah. more than a text editor. To, uh, saves you a lot of time yeah, yeah, tweaking cause... roll 20 i'll tell you <laughs> <laughs> what I say about theatre of the mind play as well, for me personally, and I can't speak for anyone else, I find it more immersive than yeah, uh, because I uh, because I'm visualising a scene in my head right. rather than mm. visualising tokens on a board, and it feels more like I'm in that in that encounter that way yeah. rather than looking down on that encounter. Yeah, if you can get players to that, they're, they're, it's it's interesting because it's it's it can kind of swing really far in one mm. direction or the other. Some people like the the battle, like if you have like you know battles that are on a cliffside with people floating mm. on discs, you know, up and, you know, it's yeah, like, you're yeah. never going to be able to visualize that in a 2D arrangement anyway. <laughs> but in your head, you're like, wow, or like airships yeah. that are smashing into each other and you're still fighting while they're crashing and all this sort of stuff. And then the other time though, is like, if, if they go to their phone at all and they lose track, they'll never get back in track right. because yeah, yeah, there's yeah. nothing they, they can't just stop and look and be like, oh, that's where I am. 
they have to be yeah, like yeah. you know and and means another thing is a, yeah. yeah it, it means yeah. that as a dm uh, uh, you know you should be fairly comfortable re- reiterating where the scene is compared to the character who's up right so that yeah. you just expect the fact that they haven't been paying attention yeah. and then you know you say like, dargren it's your turn there are two giants that are adjacent to you and a third giant I'll go with the electric shock chairs option actually it's just easier <laughs> if someone's not paying attention what, what's that quick little buzz <laughs> oh it's a shock chair yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I've got one player who can't be on roll twenty because they just don't have the tech. They could do Discord, yeah. sit up phone, yeah. and that's and that's it. And mm. they're kind of important to kind this of, game, you know. Me, so yeah, it's mm. it's something I've become more aware of now that so mm. many people have been playing online. Is uh, I, when I when I talk to people about like how long they take to prep, and it's some people are like fifteen minutes or twenty minutes for a for a three or four hour game. Other people, it's like I I spend two hours for every hour of gameplay. And, mm. and then you figure mm. out what's the difference. And most of the time, it's big VTTs, right? right? That they take mm. a lot of time. They're like, oh, I built this map and I'm setting up all of the uh, lighting, you know, all of the lighting yeah. polygons yeah. so that the dynamic lighting yeah. will work. And you're like, oh, man, how much would, does that really make your game better? <laughs> you would never <laughs> right? find me doing that. I know. There's some. <laughs> I do right? not have and, the patience and, for that. Yeah, there's I, some I, that's I, really I, cool, I but yeah. Yeah. It's a lot it, of work. It depends on how much you're into dynamic lighting. Didn't you, do, didn't you do that for our game the other week? Peter, and it turned yeah. out that Mark... Yeah, he was on his... Because he was using his iPad or Amazon something. Fire or something? I don't or, know. or something. Couldn't use the dynamic lighting for all that work yeah. you had done. You just had to... Yeah. 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 There's other ones like oh. I, I even if it works sometimes, not to constantly bash this stuff, but like mm. I was playing in an, an AL game and my character is hiding behind a corner and mm. I meant I never mm. saw the room, right? Like because oh, yeah. because my character was out of the line of sight, the light yeah. it was all black, and I'm like, I know there's a big battle going on there, but I'm not seeing it unless I oh. peek out and see, and then peek back in again. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. It's like, I mean, that's that's that really what we're play, player knowledge versus character yeah. knowledge. Sometimes player knowledge, yeah, just show me the map, right? Yeah, it shows that you're still <laughs> playing this game, even yeah. if even yeah. if your character isn't aware of what's I will, going on. I think I can't yeah. remember if I I think I might have talked about this last time I was on. Uh, there's a hmm. VTT called Albert Rodeo. Are you guys familiar with Albert Rodeo at all? I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. So okay. it's a very lightweight, free virtual tabletop, and they hmm. they started from like what's the bare minimum we need to get a VTT up and running. Uh, but the hmm. other day I tested it. I was like, how long will I'm, I'm running a Ravenloft game on hmm. uh, Saturday? Ooh. So I said, how nice. long is it going? I guess that's tomorrow. I better get ready. So <laughs> I said, how long? Uh, will it take me to get all of Castle Ravenloft up and running in the in this VTT? And it took me eight minutes. Oh, right? Okay. Like I had all the maps wow. and dropping all the maps in there. I, I you know like I don't bother aligning the grids. I just make sure that the scale is mm. close mm. enough that it'll work. And yeah. then putting the fog of war on the whole thing. And it was so fast. And it's because that mm. tool is so quick at being able mm. to like you can you know if you, you know, like I don't know what monsters I'm going to need. Well, you can drag a token from like Google Images into the map mm. and it makes a token and it's ready to go. Yeah. So yeah, that's really, nice. really that's fast, nice. yeah. you know, really fast VTT for people who still want a VTT, but you know, where Fantasy Grounds and Foundry and Roll Twenty are a bit too heavy. Mm. Uh, it's a it's mm. a real lightweight one, and and I've not had any players who haven't liked it. Like every well, time I've used it, people really like it. Foundry actually, because I've heard so much about. Yeah, it. I, 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 I tried. I, I didn't use it yet. I didn't give it a lot. I'll tell you, but I have some DM friends who just adore it, and it's because it's practically a whole performance package. Like mm. it does music mm. and voice and r- animated effects. And yeah. all of the, it's got, you know, it's a very, very rich platform for controlling mm. the, you know, for putting on a show. Is, right? is the setup, though, still quite. But the setup heavy. is, it, is yeah. it's as extensive as you can imagine, yeah, giving right, all the things right. you can do. Right. It, takes a, yeah. it takes a long time. And that, that was where I'm like, I, I, I'm just not going to give it the kind of time that it needs. Yeah, that's, that's where right. I might fall down. Yeah. We'll see. I'll give it a try. Yeah, having to learn Roll20 equals. 
up it for yeah. the <laughs> I've, got, I've got a friend who's so used yeah. to roll 20. And then when we play with Owlbear, I guess it's like an alt key to move your token or something like that. And so he's oh. holding down the alt key, he moves his token, which clones it in Owlbear. And right. so he's always got like five copies of himself. We have to like, <laughs> no, delete all the old copies. So little little funny collisions between VTTs. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the other thing I wanted to cover is um, your 5e tool section, because I find this Ooh. this section, this quite a crunchy little section yes. here, quite, quite interesting. So you've got Ooh. a whole bunch of things here. You've got um, stress effects, difficulty yep. dials. Oh, this is interesting. Yep. Monster difficulty sure. dials. How does that So Ooh. the concept there, we, we were talking about challenge rating and how challenge rating is a is a loose guideline at best. Yeah. And <laughs> yes. <laughs> and this is actually can can be so it, I think there's one part of this that's not controversial and then there's one part that is okay mm. difficulty dials essentially says that there's four ways that you can modify a monster to change its overall difficulty and feeling mm-hmm. and that's hit mm-hmm. point the number of monsters that are in the battle mm-hmm. the hit points of those monsters the amount of damage they do and the number of attacks that they get right and okay. if you want to increase or decrease the difficulty of any monster you can tweak those uh, you can tweak those dials and it will and it will sure. uh, change the feeling of a monster mm. so you know, right. if you decide, an example is the Lich, right? If we go to the old mm. fight, not the not the excellent new level up 5e Lich, but if we look at the old crusty Lich from the fifth edition the uh, original Lich. Monster Manual, <laughs> um, that I guess they're all kind of crusty. Yeah, but uh, one, one problem yeah. it has is like the Lich can survive. Like Wizards has acknowledged this in general, not specifically yeah. with the Lich, that like sometimes it's hard for a DM to run a monster at its appreciated challenge rating mm. because it sort of buries the things that make it really good. Right. And it's kind of hard. And so the Lich actually has a good way of restoring hit points to itself if you remember to use it. But if you forget, it's going to get killed in three hits Mm. because it only has like it's a level 21 or CR 21 monster with 130 hit points, which isn't. Yeah. Not nearly enough. Yeah. So, like, you could take that hit point dial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take the hit point dial and jack that thing all the way to the right. And now it's got 300 hit points. And mm-hmm. now you've got a lich that mm-hmm. is going to survive. And if you forget the fact that it has a way to regenerate hit points, it'll be okay because it's got so many hit points. Yeah. yeah same, same with, like... I've, I've often kind of wondered why, like, the regeneration mechanic is maybe a level of complication too far and just give something more hit points and say that's yeah. because it's and got it's the practical yeah. right the practical yeah. i mean for some like you know when it's a troll when it like really matters yeah, yeah. when it's, it's yeah. part of that monster but there's a lot of creatures that have regen and, and yeah, mm. vampires i have that trouble too like just yeah. I, I forget yeah um yeah. and a lot of times they have like well they regen except when this thing happens and then you're like well i can't yeah. remember if that thing thing yeah. happened or not but generally, you, you, time. generally yeah. you just give it twice as many hit points and describe it as regenerating each round. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. From the player's uh, point so, of view, so the, the, dials, is the, the same. dials are all about being able to turn that yeah. and take take monsters. And if mm. most of the time it's it's tweaking them up a little bit. Mm. So yeah. if if you have certain creatures where like a, the the original five E white, all mm. of its challenge, it's a CR four monster, mm. and and it's you know mm. AC and AC and hit points are about right. But the amount of damage it does is pretty low for a challenge rating four monster mm. because yeah. it also has this life draining touch. The problem is yeah. it's not going to use its life draining touch. It's going to use a longsword no. attack because it gets two of those. Yeah. So that mm. means the thing that made it such a high CR, it's not using. Yeah. And then mm. now it's just doing longsword attacks. Well, how about taking some necrotic damage and stacking onto that longsword attack? So now when it hits, mm. it's hitting at appropriate. So that's the damage dial, right? You turn mm. the damage dial up and you can you can add more damage and the idea is just teaching dms that you can do this Mm, and then you don't have to write it down and you don't have to you know do anything you just can do them right Mm. you just i I now have the freedom to turn the dials up and and do it the controversy comes with whether you do that during a battle instead of before the battle and and then there's the big question of like how do you feel about you know how do you feel about modifying hit points on the fly 
right? And I did a poll uh, on this last week because I, oh, I had done I'm a poll interested. back in 2017. Okay. What, was the, what was the I answer? I got data. Okay, I, I go got on, real go data on. for this. So back in, 20, ba- yeah, back in 2017, I did a poll on this and, it, mm-hmm. and 75% of DMs were comfortable changing hit points during a battle. Yeah. And I, yeah. so I, I said, okay, but it was only like 300. It was a Facebook poll. It was only 300, 400 people. So, so let me do it uh, nowadays if i do a poll on twitter i'll get i'll usually get more than a thousand so let me let me see where it's changed mm-hmm. so i did it again and I'll, it was a very straightforward poll it says do you how do you feel about changing hit points you know it's a poll for dms how do you feel about changing monster hit points after a battle's mm-hmm. begun and cool. as yes or no you know or, or are you are you are you willing to yes or no yeah. and uh 92 were willing to do it so mm-hmm. it went up significantly yeah, i am right completely mm-hmm. willing to do it yeah there's a mo- i think yeah. obviously most dms are yeah right and, oh, and then think, it's yeah. like well I well, think adjusting the difficulty how? of an encounter on the fly is a really important thing. Mm. I know some people are kind of like, let the dice fall where they may, whatever. I'm sure. I'm like that. Well, in that case, it's yeah. like, I, I, I always quip that like, you know, I don't cheat on the dice. I just cheat everywhere else. Right. Right. That like the dice, the dice do what the dice do. And I don't change that. And I roll in the open, mm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I'll, I'll change the damage <laughs> and I'll yeah. change the hit points. Most oh, of the yeah. time though, what I found is I'll change the hit point dial down because mm-hmm. I want the battle to end mm-hmm. fast. Yes. Yeah. 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 Right. So oh, that, yeah. that, and that, and that's the only one where I'm like, DMs should really, I don't, I wouldn't normally tell people how to play, but I've played in so many games where battles went way too long and then we missed the last conclusion mm. because, oh, yes. because we had to slog through every single hit yeah. point. Or I've seen yeah, DMs yeah. do the terrible thing of, well, you guys have this battle, so we're just going to call it right here. Mm. And you're like, both of those are such lame ass ways to handle it. Yeah. Right. Why not just jack yeah. them down to one hit point and our next hit kills them all and yeah. then we feel really yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah. you know, so that's a tool I think, I think more DMs should be free yeah. to use. Absolutely. Yeah. Increasing it up and everything like that, I, I think it's a reasonable argument to not do it. I think it's a reasonable mm. argument to do it, you know, and then it's kind of the preference of the DM and preference mm. of the group. Yeah. So uh, those are, those people- are the monster dials. Yeah. There's people doubtless saying, but you know, what if you've got that one guy in the party who's optimized with a shot yeah, crossbow right. yep. and they do a ton of damage yep. and it's like, well, if we're training hit points anyway, mm. why are you giving the kill to them? You don't have to. Yeah. I, I think like you, they might have done almost enough damage. I've, I, I've seen that even with like just <laughs> right. things where I know it's just that they, they, they do like 99% of the hit points and the bar's like, oh, fish sloth three, think yeah. more. Nice. Well, of course, <laughs> the player doesn't know what hit points, no. uh, you know, so from right. their perspective, yeah, no, I think, in I theory, think, nothing's I think going changing on. up the hit points to offset the amount of damage that a particular character does, I would do that infrequently. Mm. Most of the yeah, time, yeah. I would just let them have their fun, right? That Like, yeah. they... They went through the activity of getting those kind of capabilities. Let's let them. Let's let them enjoy it. But then, but then you're like, okay, but what about a boss fight? Like, what about that lich, right? And you yeah. don't want the paladin to go over and and double crit smite the lich and kill it in one hit. Yeah, like, it's, it's a, a lich. It, yeah. it and also, matter. I think the argument there is that's not as much fun for the players. They right. will have more fun finding that lich a challenge and overcoming it than they will right. taking it out in one hit. Yeah, it depends. Like I've seen, I've. I've I've had yeah, some very I, I, powerful monsters that got killed very quickly, and we still talk about it today. Okay, so fair enough. Yeah. It, it can it can I, go I, a lot of different ways. Yeah, yeah. yeah I but mean, it should be a like, tool we have, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, because I'm thinking like if the first person's like, um, go for the attack, it's crit. Go for the attack, it's a crit. And it's like, yeah, uh, sixty-eight on max damage yeah. plus my regular damage. Yeah, yeah. it's like I'm like, okay, that's. That's yeah, crits, cool, in, crits in particular. Yeah, I had a I had a really really powerful vampire that was like this super ancient vampire, way harder than Strahd, but was in Barovia, mm-hmm. and I had a character who was who hit it twice with two critical smites, 
Mm. And he did like 170 damage in, in one round. And I was like, yeah, you cut his head off. Mm. Right. And then he like held the head up and he's like, Strahd, wherever you are, I want <laughs> you to take note. <laughs> you know, and Strahd's like, oh man, like I'm in trouble. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was a really fun moment. Whoa, like, you know, whoa. it was, it was the moment when they, when Strahd figured out, I can't face these guys. I'm going to have to find another way to challenge. I was them. running because yeah. of Strahd and, um, but halfway through the adventure, they met Strahd out in the woods. Just cause I can't remember how that mm. happened, but they did. And yeah. they were only like seventh level or something at the time. Nowhere near yeah. the level they're supposed to be when they finally fig- mm. And they had a little skirmish with him. And my intention was just to scare them a little bit with the skirmish and then have him leave. They <laughs> who trounced ended, who ended him up scared? Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> I know I had to finagle things to let him get yeah. away and also not let them realize yeah. that they are already at the point where they can trounce him in one yeah. round, let alone when they reach 13th level by the end of the adventure and, he, and then maybe. Yeah. Yeah, so, it's, 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 it can be one of the fun things of that campaign is that they eventually eclipse Strahd in power mm, and Strahd mm. has to change his motivation from facing them to screwing with them another way. Yeah. So it's like, you know, he's sitting with them at dinner and he's like, yeah, we're having dinner. By the way, I've surrounded all of Barovia with 200 ghouls. Mm. And if you attack me, they will attack the villagers <laughs> yeah. and kill everybody in it. So I just want you to know that before you decide to draw your sword. Mm. Right. And fun, fun ways yeah. to, to kind of offset that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, we do have to wind up. We are out of time, unfortunately. Like, I don't know, I feel we could be talking more. Like we could talk about this for ages, yeah. <laughs> yeah we really could, more. easily. I, I could, this yeah. is funny, I get that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a tendency of filling up whatever time you give me. Yeah, well, that's a good yeah, thing. That's what you want. That's what you want a podcast guest to do. <laughs> Mike, thank you so much for doing it. Is oh, thank you. Been, oh, it's such a, yeah, such it's, a really pleasure. it's always a pleasure to talk to you, Mike. Thank you so yeah, much. It really um, is. And, and yeah, really looking forward to luck. I would up. say good luck with the Kickstarter, but you don't need luck because it's over <laughs> right. and it did incredibly well with over 10,000 backers, which is astonishing. Yeah. yeah that's, a, that's, a, that's an awful lot, actually. That's the sort of number of backers that those million dollar Kickstarters do. Yeah, it was, it was, so, it's, a, it's a humbling, it's a humbling amount. I think if, if your yeah. Kickstarter was something a bit more expensive, yeah. you'd, yeah. uh, You'd be, on, yeah, you'd be on way. track for one of those big mega kickstarters. That's okay. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm happy. <Okay>. Right. <laughs> you know, we, we, we talk about a million dollars like it's a good thing. <laughs> well, you know, if you were to hand me a million dollars, I wouldn't... <laughs> sure, there's a difference though. If I hand you a million dollars with a million dollars worth of obligation time well, to it, that. that. that's yeah. a different story, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, no, I'm, yeah, it's, it, it, was, it was a wonderful... I mean, yeah, it blew me away and yeah, I'm you know, 100% driven on the great. I want to make sure I put out an awesome book for everybody that that, that backed it. That's, but a million dollars next time, for sure. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. <laughs> I'm, I'm a small project kind of guy, so I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I thought I would have a chance to back it, but I see I've missed it. There'll oh, be no. late pledges very soon. There will be a way to, uh, there will definitely be a way to pre-order or, or, or jump in the um, I, I got something to, to be super excited about it, yeah. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank awesome. You yeah, so thank, much. You, thank you both. Really, really it has great pleasure. Been a real pleasure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Anytime. See you Bye bye. Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash morris.
If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. Mm, That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. And this is what, Morris's unofficial tabletop? That's what, that's, that's what he's going to put in the chat there, so you can see yeah. it. Oh, you're going to say it. Oh, awesome. So I don't have to guess. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, that's so much nicer. For this way, we yeah. can't remember the name of the show. I love you. So. I I, I'm with you. I, I am often on my own show yeah. where it's just me, and I don't remember the yeah. name of it. I, I, we, 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 we did learn it after a mere six straight months. Um, 